What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Another awesome episode for you. Um, so excited. I've been meeting all these awesome new friends, mostly via social media, who are willing to come on the show. And so, uh, listeners, I have another awesome guest today. I promised you in 2020 that we would be all about guests and interviews. And man, it's been awesome so far. We're not even halfway through the year. So we've got more great guests lined up for you over the next couple of weeks. But today, um, I have a special new friend that is coming on the show. And I can already tell it's going to be a great conversation. Miss Helen Rankin. Helen, how are you? Hi. Yes. Hi. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Um, like most of my guests, it took us a little bit to get connected, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's fine. That's okay. The, the, the Skype was a little bit of a, a deterrence, but we, we yeah. made it work. Yeah, between <laughs> Skype and a worldwide pandemic. It's like every oh, yeah. every single guest I've had, it's like, uh, can we change our time? Can we reschedule? I'm like, no problem. But after the pandemic, I'm going to be a stick. No, not really. It'll be what it is. Yeah, it's, it's crazy times. You got to just like ride the wave for a company. Like one, it's just honest. If you thought you were busy before, or you know you had no time to do anything i don't know how but somehow i'm like i'm like wow i wasn't doing anything before <laughs> this whole covid situation now i feel like I'm, I'm every single day it's like you're running a marathon so it's crazy yeah i have people ask me mitch have you been staying busy you know because a lot of people are at home and i know a lot of school teachers and i know and i'm like I'm busier now than I have been in a long time, and it's Same. awesome. So, um, so Helen, you work for a company called work with a company called Swag Up, and I'm sure you do a lot of other awesome things in life that we'll get into um, hopefully at some point in the show. But tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of um, what you've got going on in life right now, what brought you to the place in life that you're at, and why in the world you wanted to come on the show. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, a little bit about myself, so I'm Helen, obviously, um, but I kind of came from, like, your very, like, untraditional background. Like, I wouldn't say that, you know, I didn't go to co a fancy college. I didn't even end up finishing because I was paying for it out of pocket myself. Um, you know, I was raised by a single mother, and she came here from, from Mexico and raised me and my siblings, so I didn't really have your, your standard, you know, upbringing. I think that you know, I, I knew at an early age that I had to like hustle mm -hmm. and that I wasn't going to have my mom pay for my college and I wasn't, you know, getting the grades that I, that I needed to be able to get some type of scholarship. So I always kind of like hustled my way through um, and I loved marketing. Like mm -hmm. marketing was something that I really like identified with and I started to teach myself Google ads and how to create oh, wow. campaigns at like 17 and I literally just grabbed like the phone book and started calling like every company within the phone book and offering them my services for a paid search. I'm like, you know, you don't even have to pay me like, right. <laughs> you can pay me minimum wage, whatever. Um, and just pay me if I actually get you a sale, yeah. you know, if I'm able to prove that my paid search campaigns are working, like, you know, I'll, I'll get you, you know, just pay me for that. And at the time, Google was kind of trying to get more advertisers. Mm -hmm. So anytime you created a new account, they would like give you like $500. So it was great. So it's like I had $500 free from Google. Right. <laughs> and I could create this account, play around with it and get, get these campaigns started. So it really like worked out. And from there, I, I just knew that I needed to like 
just keep continue surrounding myself by that. And I started working at this company um, called Saveology and I was the admin assistant to C CMO there. And I had zero experience. I went in and interviewed and I was like, I don't, I, I just know how to do these paid search campaigns. I don't even know if I'm doing them right, but it's working, they're getting sales and I wanna learn more on on marketing and he he gave me a chance and you know from there it just kind of my whole life just totally changed mm -hmm. i continued to you know grow within the marketing world and then now i'm i'm a partner and cmo at swag up and it's just completely different different world now <laughs> wow so much to dig into there that is yeah. that is amazing so i have to ask the obvious question how many brothers and sisters do you have yeah, so kind of crazy. We're my family's like the modern day Brady Bunch okay. at the time. Um, my dad had six kids. Okay. And then, so when he met my mom, he had six kids. Um, my mom had three kids, and they met each other and had me. So all together, there was ten of us. Yeah. That's okay. That's even more than the Brady Bunch, right? Wasn't the Brady Bunch just six? <laughs> Yeah, we were the modern version of that. And so, yeah. obviously, you're the youngest. Yes, right. I'm the, the baby. Yeah. So, how was that? Let's just let's just sit there for a minute. How was that? It was crazy. Um, it was really wild because my my siblings from my mother's side they they were born in Mexico, so they didn't speak English, and I was closer in age to them. So I ended up not really speaking that much English either in the beginning. And my mom was like just learning. Mm -hmm. So it was really crazy times to be in a home that was like American, like, you know, kids that in my, my father's from the Midwest. So they were like, they were all from the Midwest. <laughs> we grew up in Philadelphia, but they like, I just moved from the Midwest. So you have like- From Mexico, Midwest, Midwest in- yeah. <laughs> And then my mom and my siblings are like from Mexico. So it was just like, it was just such a crazy dynamic. Right. And like everyone that grew up with us or that, you know, knows us anytime they see modern family, they're like, that was like your mom and dad, <laughs> Sofia Vergara and like <laughs> Al Bundy. Like that was your parents. And like, this is so embarrassing, but it's so true. Right. Like our, our growing up was just, just a, a complete chaos. Right. I think every police officer knew our, <laughs> our, our name. <laughs> They knew our cars, they knew our names, yeah. like, I was screwed. Once I went to school, it was like, what's your last name, Rankin? Okay, you're <laughs> sitting up front. It's like, damn it, like, <laughs> it sucks so bad to be the youngest child and, like, out of so many kids. Right. But there had to have been something there because you, you didn't learn to hustle and to move forward and to have that strength. That doesn't come from just anywhere. So right. what, what was it about your, even though your family culture was crazy and integrated and odd, what was it that gave you that value system to say, I mean, that, I mean, come on, it's 17 years old to take the initiative to go, I'm going to learn something about Google ads and then, and then to open the phone book, by the way, for any of our listeners that don't know what a phone book is, it is, it was a book that you got given once a year that had everyone's phone numbers listed in it. Because we have some listeners that are like, what is a phone book? Right? They're like, what the yeah. heck is this? But that's how businesses used to advertise. Yes. 
They yes. didn't. They weren't advertising on Google and mm-hmm. you know Google and Ask Jeeves or whatever was out at the time. Like they were just starting to collect all that mm-hmm. kind of data. Yeah, so. phone books and local newspapers were were, yeah. were advertising. So it's seven. I mean, there there had to have been something that was instilled in you or that that was patterned to you that made you go at seventeen years old. I'm going to take some initiative. What was that? I mean, I think like just from a very young age, I've I've experienced very defined moments of no, mm. and I think like mm. people can take that either way. You know, they could either take that and define themselves by that you know or they can take that and be like screw you I'm gonna prove you wrong and I'm gonna do what I want and you know I definitely had my moment of like I don't think anything's gonna come of my life like you know I want to try but I don't know like what to do and you know I went to a very like strict catholic school and they Mm. were very much about like Helen you don't have to be that smart like you're going to marry, marry a man, like, don't worry, (laughs) kind of mentality. But, you know, my parents divorced at a really young age. And I saw, like, my mom struggle a lot with not, you know, fully educating herself with certain things and being in a country that, you know, wasn't hers, like she wasn't born and raised in the US. So I saw her struggle an, an amazing amount. But at the same time, I also saw her just like fight through it. And I felt like if my mom could raise her kids, you know, learn English, start a company, like start her own business in the middle of all of this and do that. And then what excuse do I have right. really? Right. Like what excuse do I have? I speak English, you know, I'm in the US. I am not in a country that, you know, tells you no to most things. Like society might tell you no, but no one's really stopping me from doing the opportunities that I need. So I would, it would be a disservice to like everything my mom sacrificed to then give up. And, you know, I've always kind of like felt that way. Anytime I felt like I couldn't do something, I would just like remember those moments from when I was a child of my mom, like not really giving a fuck what anyone said. Like there's so many times I would hear people say no to her or like be super rude and like, do you speak English? Or like, you know, your mother has an accent. I don't think she understands me. Like things like that. And my mom would, would just go off. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, no, I'm going to get what I want. I know you understand me. And, you know, and that's just how, what I was around was a mother that was just like super tenacious and just like, didn't give, you know, didn't take no for an answer. And I think that that kind of like instilled in, in me as well. Yeah, that spirit of um, self-permission is, mm-hmm. is what I like to call that. It's, yeah. And it is difficult in life. It's difficult in life to not let outward circumstance kind of guide your, your self-preservation. Um, it's like, well, yeah. I keep being told no, or I keep being told I can't do it, or I keep being told... I'm a minority or I'm a, um, I'm a female or whatever that is that, that unfortunately our culture is often full of, you know, it's mm-hmm. um, similar to you going to Catholic school. I grew up in a very conservative Christian culture and it was very full of, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't yeah. do that. Whether it was sipping, like, sipping wine or doing something for a career, you know, it was just always no, no, no. And even more so for females. Oh my gosh. I mean, 
Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a white dude. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets, especially in America. And I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very sensitive to that. But for females, you know, being in those cultures, uh, we have a long way to go. But at the same time, it can create a spirit of tenaciousness that says, no, I'm going to do what I really feel like I need to do in life. And so congratulations. First of all, nice job, and and thank goodness for for strong women like your mom, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, who who even though they may have their mistakes and their frailties, they still there's nothing, there's nothing like the spirit of a strong woman. There's nothing like it. So yeah, there there really isn't. She she's amazing. I mean, she literally. There was a moment when I was younger. Um, you know, we we couldn't really afford to heat the house. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky the house even had like a chimney. So, you know, all summer long, we would, we would cut wood and like, and that was my summers was chopping wood with my mom. And I remember one moment I was just like, mom, like, why the heck am I doing this? Make my brother do this. Like my brother can do this. This is like a guy's thing. And my mom like turned and, and, you know, like if you have a Latin mom, like once that eyebrow, like starts like (laughs) sewing, you know? right. I'm like, oh shit! Like, I totally like, I should have never even said anything. Right. And she just turned to me. She's like, Helen. She's like, like you think I'm incapable? And I'm like, no. She's like, you're gonna tell me that I can't do something because I'm a male, that I shouldn't do something because I'm a female. And at that moment, I was just like, shit. She's she's right. Like yeah. I, you know this isn't there's no such thing as this is a guy's thing or this is a girl's thing and and at that moment i felt like super empowered i was like wow like i you know what like yeah i could i could do what guys do and it doesn't matter and it's like you know this is what it is and at and from there from that moment on i just felt like that was like my first moment where i felt like that you know like you said like that permission that you know i could literally do anything that anyone else can First of all, I love when you were telling the story of your mom, you switched into a uh, Latina accent real quick. Oh, I love it. I love it. My mom, I love it. My mom, she has like the biggest accent. I love, I love my mom's accent. Yes. Like, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, <laughs> so let's go back. Let's go back to the story you were telling us. So you, you taught yourself kind of how to use Google ads per se. You're in the, you're in the phone book, old school, cold calling people. Um, and you basically, uh, got a job. So where did that, where did that, actually, I want to ask a different question before I go, where did it take you? What did it do for you at at whatever age you were at that point? What kind of affirmation did that give you that I think your statement was, I really don't know if I'm doing it right, but I'm doing it. But what kind of affirmation did it give you that someone said, yeah, we're going to hire her? I was so ecstatic. I felt like I won the lottery that day. Like I literally was like, it's like, yes, like this is, you know, this is my path. And at that point, I also, I still wasn't going to college. Like I wasn't going to community college or anything. And so how how old are you right now? Like at that, at that moment, I was like 22. Okay. Yep. So so college ages. Yeah. Yeah. I was 22. So that, allowed me to one have income that was substantial enough mm-hmm. to like actually afford at least like a class a semester mm-hmm. um so that really just like i was so ecstatic that i was like actually getting a normal income and not you know some waitressing job or something else that 
you know, wasn't, wasn't going to really make a difference in, in my life other than like paying my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that moment was huge. And I, I actually applied for the job on like a Saturday night. So I was like on Craigslist, like looking up companies to, um, you know, to hire me that were in marketing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get like a recruiter or anything. Cause they're like, you don't have any skills. Right. Like I couldn't get any, they're like, you don't, you didn't go to college. You don't have any skills. Like I'm like, well, I know how to use the computer. Like, but they wanted like real defined, like historical, like, you know, references and right. stuff. And then I, I just didn't have that. Um, so I was on Craigslist just looking stuff up and I, you know, emailed, you know, emailed their CMO that posted it. And, um, and within seconds he replied back to me. Oh, wow. So I was like, Oh, and like this guy's like replying back to me. I'm gonna reply back right now and like schedule my my appointment. And little did I know that, you know, I think he he purposely would only post. This is how psycho he was. Um, <laughs> he would purposely post the job applications on only Saturdays or like the weekends because he wanted to see, like, you know, someone that someone's only looking for a job Monday through Friday. But like, you know, someone really wants a job if they're looking for it on a weekend. Yes. So yes. that was kind of his way of like vetting out good people. He would only post on, on the weekends. And if he replied back to him on a weekend, then he knew like, okay, like they can come interview with me. Right. It was like really crazy <laughs> way of, of vetting people out. But um, it's actually pretty I, smart, I, honestly. Yeah. I, I, like, looking back at it, I'm like, like I was fooled. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like thinking like, yes, he, he likes me, but really it was just because I'm, you know, responding to him on a on a Saturday night. You're desperate, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. So um, when I went into the interview, you know, I was super honest with him, and you know, just letting him know like I I want to learn, and I want to learn from someone that's experienced, and um, you know, just put me wherever you feel like is fit for the company where I can like really just soak up all this information. And he was like, okay, you're hired. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. So where did that take you? Yeah. So from there, I, you know, as I mentioned before, I was then able to kind of afford college Mm -hmm. and I was super excited about that. And I was, I started paying for like a few classes a semester at the community college Mm -hmm. And once I had enough credits to actually afford going to um, university, I applied to FAU. And so I was a junior at FAU and my professor actually like kind of helped me like drop out. I couldn't really afford it. Okay. <laughs> I was like <laughs> all of my money that I was making from that job, I, I was dumping it into, into college. Mm-hmm. And every day that I would come in, I was tired, I had bags, I was like working in the day and then taking night classes. And, um, you know, I was in a marketing class and I would challenge everything he was saying, just like right. all the time, because I'm learning digital marketing and he was teaching traditional advertising. Mm-hmm. So I'm like challenging him on everything. Yeah. So finally he's like, why don't you teach a class? <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll teach a class. He's like, why don't you teach us like what you're learning at the company you're at? Hmm. So I started like talking to everyone in the class. And the first thing I said, I'm like, first thing I was like, anyone in this room, if you're in marketing and you can't market yourself, get out. Hmm. Because what's the point? 
if you don't, if you can't brand who you are and you can't brand yourself enough to find yourself a job, then what are you going to do for any other company? Mm-hmm. So at that point, everyone's like, crap, I need to like help with my, my resume and how do I do this? So I started to bring in people from the company that I was at to help speak and like motivate everyone in the college. And my teacher at that point was like, he pulled me aside. He's like, Helen, you can't really afford being in college. I'm like, I know. He's like, and you don't really need it. He's mm. like, he's like, come back to it if you need to. He's like, but if you focus all of your time on what you're doing, he's like, your career is going going to explode. He's like, but you're focusing time on studying and you're not really giving time to your job. He's like, you could probably get promoted and 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 do the role. He's like, colleges aren't teaching what you're doing. Like what you're doing right now is the future. Like by the time the colleges catch up to teaching digital marketing, Google algorithm's gonna change. Right. Like right. It, it's it's just not like we're not gonna catch up. He's like we're mm-hmm. still teaching old marketing tactics that you know in essence work, but it they're not gonna be able to find a job. Right. You know traditional marketing is just like dying. Yeah. Um. So I took his advice and I I dropped out. And, you know, it was a relief for me financially because I couldn't really afford it to begin with. Um, I was only taking like a class or two at at a time. And um, from there, within like a month, I got promoted to like an account manager. And then from there, I ended up leaving and going to another startup called healthcare.com. And that exploded too because Obamacare. Right. (laughs) So, um, you know, and, and it just you know, I kept moving up and up and up to a point where I just ended up like, all right, I'm going to branch out on my own. And that's around the time that I met Michael who founded Slag Up. So, wow. Um, <laughs> I, I knew, I said it in the beginning, this interview is going to go <laughs> really cool places. Um, a few things. It's very interesting how, how our educational system across the board, um, I just had a conversation yesterday. In fact, in fact, it was with my dad and <laughs> We were talking about um, the the injustice that the educational system does at the high school level, especially um, to, you know, over the years, I've worked with a lot of teenagers and done a lot of kind of work that way. And to have a 16 year old kid sit there and go, I know I want to be a welder and I know I want to start my own welding business. And they look at you and sincerely ask, why am I still in high school? And the only response is. I don't know, because they tell you you have to be. That's the only... Because the, the things you learn your last two years of high school, you're never going to use again. That's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. And universities are the same way. It's a very archaic system. And, you know, the only difference between universities and colleges and high schools is a high school teacher is never going to tell you to drop out. A university teacher or professor will often tell you, you know, hey, this isn't the course you should be on or this isn't the the major you should have or you shouldn't be at school. And that's a really empowering thing. I mean, what what I'm really noticing in your life is you've had all these kind of what I call watershed moments that have that have just given you more of that self permission to follow the path that you knew you should be following. And that is miraculous i mean it just is um the second thing i want to say is if you have not made a t-shirt that says if you can't market yourself get out 
then we need to fix that <laughs> because that is such an awesome statement. So we need to talk about that after the show. Is I mean, you work for a company called Swag Up. Please make a t-shirt that says, if you can't market yourself, get out because such a true statement, right? But, really good. but there were so many students in there that were in marketing. They're just yes. like, you know, because they thought it was like the right thing to do or they, you know, they wanted to be in business, but weren't good at math. So marketing is kind of like the next business step. But I'm like, no, like this is there's a lot more to marketing than just like putting your logo on something or, you know, putting up a Web page like there's there's an art to it. You have to really methodically think about the user and like what their experience is and what your product does to them. Um, but if you're not thinking like that, then like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, but if you can't brand yourself as a human, like what is right? That? And the crazy and, and so, so this really relates back to what we started with and that is being told no. I mean, it's, you know, that that's, I, to be honest, and I'm, I talk to business owners all the time and artists and creators, and the most difficult challenge every single one of us has is marketing ourselves. And I think it directly relates to psychologically and emotionally being told you don't talk about yourself. You don't brag about yourself. It's arrogant. You don't, it's, you know, you can't. And I remember that. I, I mean, I tell, I told a story in one of my feature videos on my IGTV page about years ago, um, how someone basically told me, don't talk about yourself that much when I was like 20, 19, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And that literally has guided me 20 something years later to where I still hear their voice in my head going, no, 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 don't talk about yourself. And so it, it really relates. And I think sometimes that's why I love asking the question to everyone, especially today, you know, what was that in your childhood that really pushed you forward because I think sometimes we uh we we don't value our childhood teachings enough whether they were negative or positive mm -hmm. and our childhood teachings become the navigational point that we step into adulthood it's yeah. everything it's, it's yes. who you are and it comes out even in as an adult like there's times where I'm still like I'm in a business meeting or something or I'm in like a very adult type situation in your head where you're like I'm supposed to be like this and then, like, the in inside of me, I feel like a child. I'm like, I, like, you know, I don't know what to do. You feel scared. You get, like, the same emotions. But I I'm a huge believer of, like, how you're raised kind of defines, yes. like, you know, who you are, or at least, like, what your belief systems are. And you either, like, reject it or accept it. Yeah. And it either goes, like, the extremes, you know. You're either, like, all about it or you're just, like, no. Like, right. Right need it because I was raised this way and I'm not going to be this way and I reject being like that and you know and it's really ultimately like your choice which one you decide to take yeah one of my favorite things to say is we don't get to we don't get to choose how we're raised but we do get to re to choose how we respond to how we're raised and I think for a lot of us that takes a lifetime right um, and especially once you start once you start raising your own kids and you hear your mom or dad in you and you're like, no, what's happening? I promised I wouldn't say that to my kids. <laughs> and you hear yourself saying that to your kids. And you're like, no, 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 that's not the way it's supposed to go. Um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, actually, I want to do this before I go into you telling us a little bit more about Swag Up. Um, so you're, you've gone through this whole thing of kind of creating your own 
path of marketing. You were kind of self-taught. Um, I had a guest on the show last week and we, you know, he kind of said the same thing, same idea. He went to college, dropped out of college, started his own company. It's growing exponentially. And my response to him was, you never dropped out of college. You just dropped out of traditional school. You were always being schooled and always learning. Um, so for someone out there that's listening and going, okay, I hear what she's saying, that, that if, you, if you can't market yourself, get out. I, I get it. So what's something you would tell someone? Because I know we have a lot of listeners that own their own businesses. A lot of them are small business owners, and they're kind of struggling with the idea of how do I market myself? What does that look like? You've experienced it personally. You've experienced it professionally. What's something you would say to that person? I, the first thing, I mean, the way that I kind of like envision marketing or how I attack it from like just any product that I'm doing is I like to paint the picture of like, well, who's using my product? Mm. Like, and I really like dive deep into that personality and it goes deeper to than just like, you know, oh, this person, you know, works in, in HR. Like, no, well, what does this person like to wear? What is it? Mm. What are the brands they like? Does this person, is there, are they a Starbucks person or are they, you know, your, you know, they don't anti Starbucks and they, they only drink local or like, like what is the personality that they, they have? And you start kind of aligning that vision and, you know, and we do, we did this with Swag Up very early on when we were like redesigning our site. And, you know, we really dove deep into that personality of like, well, what are the tools they like to use? What are the products yeah. they like? And then seeing like, well, how does my company fit in to their realm of, of their world of what they like? Mm -hmm. And if my product doesn't look like it synergizes with that, then I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't look at their business like that. They think of it of like, here's my product and, you know, everyone's going to like it. It's like, no, you either do two things. You're either solving something or, you know, your product gives people a certain type of feeling. Mm. You know, does it make them feel empowered? Does it make them feel like they connect with a certain idea or, you know, um, or culture? Like, what does it do? So I think once you define like what that is and really dive deep into the personality, everything else just starts to make sense. You start to realize like, okay, like my, you know, my user loves Lululemon and loves to run. Well then start like getting yourself involved into the things that they like. And naturally you're going to start attracting your user just by being involved in their world. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like the marketplace and the customer is telling you a story. Mm -hmm. Now the question becomes, what line are you going to write in that story? Yeah. Like, where's that connection taking place? And, and I, oftentimes you talk about identifying a problem and creating a solution to the problem. It's the whole idea of working backwards. And I think sometimes business owners try and work forwards with their own idealism. And it's like, okay, but who, what story are you even fitting into? It's like, it's like putting putting a bakery on the same street of 15 other bakeries. It's like, okay, okay, yeah, may or may not work. Let's see where that, that looks. And, and, and I see that especially with small business owners is, let's be honest, small businesses start 90% of the time because someone has a passion. They, yeah. they love baking. They love writing. They love singing songs. They love accounting, whatever that looks like. 
And that person's just following their passion, which they should. And so then it becomes, okay, how does that passion fit into the story of someone doing something already, living? So you're yeah. you're kind of giggling. You're, I, I, I see your brain going, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's just funny. I saw I, there's a small business here that's around the area where I live. And they, they have, like, the best, like, smoothies and stuff. And I actually reached out to them because I realized their site goes to, like, a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't actually have a, a website. Their menu doesn't like describe what it is. There's no pricing. I'm like, right. <laughs> and I see so many like small, like small, small, like old school businesses like operate like that. Like they'll have their their business website is a Facebook page, um, and they don't realize like you, no, you need to have like your own website and you need to give people information. You can't have them call. You can't have your like vent line disconnected because you're cooking like. I think these are things that some small businesses kind of like end up missing the mark on, you know, they're so focused on like selling or, or creating their product that they forget about the user experience and like how to actually like make it easy for people to find them besides Facebook. Right. Right. And I think the challenge becomes number one budget, you know, most small business Mm -hmm. owners like, well, how can I afford all of that? Not realizing that literally a hundred bucks a year, you can build your own website. Um, not realizing that social media is free and if you just do a few little changes here and there you can reach a totally different customer that's going to show up every day for a smoothie not realizing that one of the things i used to love to do in my early 20s when i was first getting into business is um i just loved to walk around malls or towns and just take mental notes of how people were respond i was in high fashion retail at the time and I didn't enjoy merchandising, like that wasn't my thing. My thing was developing people, but I had to learn to merchandise. And I would literally walk into clothing stores and just sit there and watch people and see what they touched and like see what um, displays attracted the most traffic. And then I'm like, okay, I just have to do that because that's what's what's getting the traffic. And the thing is that was free. It was free for me to go do that. And I think sometimes as a small business owner, you're the accountant and the marketer and the merchandiser and yeah. you're, 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 everything. you're everything. And so, you're so, everything. But, but what people forget is if you don't have consumers, you don't have a business. Yeah. And marketing is what brings in consumers. And so that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Yeah, and it and it, it is challenging. I mean, we when Michael started the company, I mean, he dropped out of college and like was living at his mom's home, um, and he started the website on Wix. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had everything on these like low touch, low code type of like you know products or platforms. When I started, we had our entire ERP system on Trello. We had the website running on Wix. We had a million Zapier connections connecting all of this stuff together. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, and, and and with that, we were still attracting Facebook and WeWork and Comcast and anyone that knew like the backbone of the company. We would literally just laugh, like, "Oh my God!" Like, right, right. How is this happening? Like. You know, Comcast is filling out our form and it's like a Zapier connection to Trello to like order it. We're like, this is like so wild. Like what is going on? So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of companies don't realize that you have all these things and and people that want to start a business, they think like, oh, I got to find a designer and 
make my website and do all these things. It's like, no, you have like all these amazing tools now that can help you really like you can just bootstrap a company together like really fast without any help, you know? So Yeah, and for those of our listeners that have no idea what Helen just said in some of those uh <laughs> words, basically what she's saying is uh it was as much low cost to free useful tools um, and it was a catastrophe, but it still built a company. That's what she's saying. <laughs> yeah, you can put, we, and we bootstrapped our way to, to eight figures. So uh, yeah. it definitely works. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, really the story that that tells me is when, when you have a passion and you believe in something and you have some work ethic in you at all hustle, Really what hustling means is I use anything at my disposal that I can possibly use to get this manifested into the world and to make it work. And I think people miss that. I, I, I think the word hustle has been used so much that it's become shallow. And people don't understand that I grew up on the farm in Oklahoma and hustle meant my dad went and plowed the fields in the mornings before he went to teach school. And then after school, changed clothes and went back to plow the fields until dark. <laughs> that's hustle. And that's what it means is you do what you have to do, however you can do it to make your passion come to life. And that's the story you're telling all the way through. So <laughs> It's amazing. So, so let's let's tell our listeners what does uh, what does Swag Up do particularly? Um, mm -hmm. What what services do you offer? What does that look like? Yeah. So we are your one stop shop for swag. We you know help you create it. We can automate it into an actual experience, and then we can distribute the swag as needed. So we're not really your your typical like swag company. We mm -hmm. actually have. A platform for you to manage everything and manage your inventory and collaborate with people on your swag projects and really paint a story to it mm -hmm. and I think a lot of you know promo companies that are out there they'll just give you the product but they're not actually helping you you know create the entire mm -hmm. experience whether if it's for employee onboarding or you want to send gifts out to some of your clients or something that we've been doing a lot right now is helping the universities um, with their graduation for students because they're having to do virtual graduations. And they're like, we don't know how to distribute all of this stuff. Right. How do we distribute their diplomas? How do we distribute some feel good items and some memorabilia that they can keep forever and you know, really make it a nice experience that they're having to graduate virtually. So we're able to facilitate all of that and we create you know, redeem landing pages for them to collect all the addresses because we know everyone's working from home mm -hmm. and, you know, it's sensitive to collect that data and they don't want any part of that. Right. So we're really making it easy for companies to, you know, connect with people by sending these personalized and branded gifts and being able to send it, you know, throughout the world. It's a very proactive approach to swag. Like that's, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So as far as scale goes, um, do you have, can you work with a company almost of any size from small to large? Is there, what does that kind of look like for someone that's kind of, for someone that's sitting there and, and may have any size of business and they want to dig more into it, what does that look like for them? Yeah, so they could, you know, they could work with us from any size because it really, the company size doesn't really matter right. as, as much because it's really how many packages are you wanting to send out to people yeah. you know we work with really small teams that have 
probably six people working in their company, but they have, you know, a thousand subscribers that they mm -hmm. want to send gifts to, you know, or it's the opposite. They're a huge company, but they only have 20 clients that they want to send gifts to. Yeah. Um, so whatever the use case is, um, you know, we, we work with businesses on, on their, you know, products and budget and so forth. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. So what's next? What's next for you personally? You seem like a person that really challenges yourself, pushes the envelope. What's next for you? And then secondly, what's next for um, Swag Up? Before the show, we were kind of talking about some things that you guys are challenging yourself to. So what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, just try to get more sleep. I think this uh, <laughs> pandemic has been a little uh, roller coaster ride, I think, for like any business owner. And we're, you know, luckily we're like experiencing a lot of growth through this time right now because people are really trying to connect with, with their loved ones or with their clients. And it's really hard to facilitate, you know, sending swag out when you're at home, right. especially if you're a business. It's really hard to, you know, keep employees engaged and happy. So we've actually been really busy with with um, helping clients out with that, but um, so sleep is is on my agenda. <laughs> right. But um, other than that, I mean, so I got we've been really focusing on building out more of our technology, and focusing on creating more tools for our clients to use. And our company's uh, you know platform is really built to collaborate across. The entire you know the entire company so if someone from marketing someone from hr or sales wanted to you know work on a project they can and they can see what's already on inventory and so forth so it actually helps like bring down some of the cost whereas like most companies they'll probably have you know everyone ordering swag from like oh i have a cousin that prints shirts like i'll order it from them right. and then i'll order it from this company and I'll do it from, you know, everyone's kind of ordering it from all these different places. But in reality, you end up spending so much money when you do that. And, um, you know, the brand consistency kind of loses its, mm -hmm. its touch when you're having so many different types of, of printers print your, your items. So right. I'm excited for all the tools that we're kind of building out on our platform. That's awesome. Another, another mistake I've seen businesses make is different department heads will be ordering from different like you've got like 15 POs going out for 15 different companies because 15 different department heads have been like, Oh, we, we need this. So, um, so if you find yeah. your, if you find yourself in that position, uh, anyone listening, just go to swag up. Okay. Well, give us the website real quick while I just mentioned that. Swagup.com. It's so easy. Swagup.com. Just like it sounds. So all of you department heads out there or business owners, just pause the show now, unless you're driving and just go ahead and go to swagup.com, open the browser, and then come back to the show, and then go order your stuff. That would be, that would be epic and why we're here. So um, let's go this direction. Um, I kind of want to tie all this full circle because it's been a pretty, I, I don't want people to lose the value of the story you've just told us um, with your mom coming over from, from Mexico and, and your family and your Brady Bunch experience and all of that stuff to where you are now, which I'm, I'm sure most people would say um, a success story in a way. But I really like to look at the miracle of what has been your guiding factor through all of this. Um, not, not just about, you know, giving up or whatever, but what has been your guiding factor? kind of moral compass saying 
here's the life I want and, and I'm going to get there in the way that's healthy and makes sense. What, what has really guided you? I mean, I think like, I think you kind of know what you want from the time you're a child. At, at least I did. Yes. Um, I, I knew I wanted to be a businesswoman. That's how I would say it when I was a child. Like never someone would ask me like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, want to be a businesswoman and like right. you know and I, I and I loved like when I was a kid I would watch like Rugrats and like I think it was like Cynthia's mom who was like always on the phone and like yelling at her husband or whatever was like, it, wasn't her, like, her voice was the real nasally one wasn't it when she was on yeah, the phone was, like, she had like these huge cheeks the like high ponytail yeah. and everything and like like I love that like right. that's what I right be. but I I just I don't know I just always like like wanted to be in business in some capacity or like own my own business and both my parents were entrepreneurs like I, I watched my dad basically get fired from every company he was at when I was younger and and it got to a point that you know he got fired again and he came home and, and told my mom and my mom's like Jerry clearly you can't work for anybody <laughs> right. like, this is the the fifth time like you're getting fired like yeah. you know and you know you need to start your own company like we need to start something mm -hmm. and and they did and I saw like my parents basically like hustle their entire you know way to like building a business and um they would actually make like gift baskets which is really strange that now I'm in swag up but right. <laughs> my parents would actually make all these gift baskets to send out to clients and I used to help my mom like Put all this stuff in, in the baskets and we used to drive it to all of the clients and drop it off to them mm. and that's how my dad was able to you know kind of help grow his business so i've seen my parents kind of start from nothing and really build something for themselves and i think that's when you're around that you just like yeah i don't know you just you kind of catch the the bug mm -hmm. from them and you know seeing that they can build build something from nothing and they had all this freedom like that just seemed like the type of lifestyle that I wanted for myself growing up yeah it's what I call in your DNA right mm -hmm. like no matter what you do you can't avoid it it's and we all try it we all yeah. try we, we try and take different paths and things happen and it takes us back to the um there's this idea of what's called the beginner's mind and I tell people this constantly that what whatever you dreamt of as a kid is what you should always hang on to because in that innocence and curiosity of childhood, I think it tells us a lot about the path we should take um, into Absolutely. adulthood. And so, so good job listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Helen, anything else you want to tell our listeners? This has been amazing. Um, <laughs> your, your story is amazing. Um, before the show, you mentioned to me that you were really trying hard to not just market swag up, but do what, mm -hmm. in, in your words, kind of create your own brand. And yeah. What people miss is their story is their brand. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of telling it. And so uh, I just want to say thank you for sharing your story. It's, I had no idea that's where it would go. That's what I love about these interviews. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so what's, what's one thing you'd want to leave with the people as you're um, going to move on about your day and, and everything? <laughs> what's one thing you want them to remember? Yeah, I mean, I think just not letting your past or your like surroundings kind of define what you want I think a lot of people kind of let that dictate who they are and oh like you know my teacher said that I would never be anything or 
you know, the person I'm with says I'm stupid or whatever it may be. Like, I think we just, we listen too much to the noise and, you know, that's, that's not who we are. And you let that define you. You're not going to, you're, nothing's going to change. You're basically giving them permission to like, you know, to define what, what you want to be in life. So that's all I want to leave people with is don't let your past define you. I, I love that. Um, I would also add your past or your present because I know yeah. may, maybe we have people listening that um, on my last IGTV feature video, if you're not following me on Instagram, please do M Gray Media. Um, on my last IGTV video, that's exactly, I, t- I talked about not listening to the voices um, because it's, a, you know, we get those voices outer and then they become internalized and that's when it becomes a real, it becomes yeah. a real battle. It becomes a real battle. Oh. And so, um, so good job on you. Um, good job on you. So I, I have something that I do at the end of the show with every guest. Um, I ask five questions and they, you have to give one word answers. So no, I'm by, I'm by nature a rule breaker. No rule breaking here. Um, so five questions, one word answers. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Let's okay. Do this. <laughs> they're, they're not difficult, I promise. Um, regarding books. So when you're reading books, do you prefer digital or paper? paper that is awesome because i've been asking guests this all year and only one person has said digital and it was really surprising so because i'm a paper guy too i'm like there's nothing like the smell of a book love it yeah and you can the page just that sound yes yes sound yeah awesome (laughs) um coffee or tea neither really okay i have to ask what's your go-to then (laughs) i don't I drink water. Um, yeah. yeah, tequila. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I love tequila. By 7 o'clock in the morning, if I don't have my tequila, it's over. <laughs> I mean, you're living life wrong if you don't start your day with tequila. Um, yeah, I, I've never been a coffee or tea kind yeah. of person. I, I actually don't really like it. Awesome. I'm going to be like, what's wrong with this person? But, nope. Yeah. Nope. No, Every, no, everything's right. Too. Yeah, good. Um, what's one guilty pleasure you have? Oh my god, ice cream, maybe pizza. Yeah, food, just food. I'll change my answer to just food. <laughs> um, one thing you cannot live without. Uh, my dogs. Oh, nice. And your favorite season of the year? Mm-hmm. Fall. Fall. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, hey, friends, make sure you follow Helen on Twitter. That's at hi, H-I underscore Rankin, R-A-N-K-I-N. So follow her on Twitter, at hi Rankin. She is a great follow. Um, we talked we talked before the show about the random tweets that get all this traffic, and it's weird. Um, and the last thing I'll say to you, brothers and sisters, if, you're, uh, if you can't market yourself, then just get out. Like, out. just get out <laughs> or, or we'll teach you. Okay. We'll be compassionate and we'll teach you. If you, if you don't want to learn, then get out. So yeah, Helen, Helen, this has been great. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I know our listeners have, so, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so much for your time. Make sure you stay on the line and you and I will finish up, uh, brothers and sisters. I hope you are safe and healthy. Please make sure you take care of yourself and those around you. And please go to swagup.com If you have any Uh, marketing needs or anything like that obviously they can help any type of um, entity from schools to 
businesses to whatever you have. So go to swagup.com and connect with them. And again, follow Helen on Twitter at High Rankin. And make sure you subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show anywhere you listen to podcasts. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next week.